me begin by 2 Corinthians, reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, someone say spirit of faith. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Therefore, so what, what a verse, man, what a power-packed uh, couple phrases there. Man, we've got the spirit of faith that echoes the word of God, that echoes what is written, I believe, and therefore I'm going to respond in turn. I'm going to begin to speak. Today I'm going to talk about how faith speaks. I'm going to talk about faith speaks. Someone say faith speaks. So when, when we are living this life of faith, this is not just something we do as a religious activity on Sunday. Christianity is not a moment of faith that uh, uh, allows us to access eternity in heaven. As a follower of Christ, I live a life of faith. Right, that we the Bible says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Right, so this is how we live. It's it's who we are. But faith is not a passive, inactive kind of a concept. Faith speaks. Faith declares. Our, our speaking is an overflow of the believing that's on the inside of our life. And he says, "Listen, I have the same spirit of faith, and because I believe, now I'm going to respond and I'm going to begin to speak." I'm going to begin to speak. What, what are some areas in your life that need a word of faith spoken? What are some areas of your life that need you to speak up? Maybe there's been some silence. Maybe there's been a void of declaration going on in your situation. It's time for somebody to begin to speak. It's time for somebody to begin to speak. You, you know, this, this week when we're at Presence Conference, there's going to be some powerful moments of encountering the presence of God, and God is going to speak, and God is going to reveal, and God is going to set you free, and God's going to transform, and there's going to be some incredible seasons. But on the backside of Presence Conference is when you have to continue to activate your faith, and you got to keep speaking in faith what God is about to say to you at the Presence Conference. Because a lot of times we come to conference moments and we get a great experience and we get a great moment and then we can end up leaving those events and just kind of going back to business as usual. So I'm hoping to kind of preemptively gear us up here a little bit that when God speaks in the presence of God, when we are transformed and God begins to bring visions and dreams and strategies and ideas and breakthrough into your life, that we don't let it just be a moment at presence. That we don't let our Christianity just be one moment of Sunday to Sunday, but that I allow belief and faith in God to overflow and I begin to speak. I begin to speak. I begin to declare the word of God. I begin to speak God's word. Uh, he says, I, I believed as it is written. I believe, therefore I've spoken since we have that same. Come on, if you're in this room, you've got the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. Therefore, therefore, we believe and speak. Anybody ready to speak? Uh, faith speaks. So let me talk a little bit how, how do we speak in faith? How do we release this word of faith? What does it look like? What does faith look like when it speaks? I'm going to give you four things. First one is this. Faith speaks first with expectation. Faith speaks with expectation. Speaks with expectation. 
You know, I, w I was wondering if when they did the graphics, if they used the exclamation point that I gave them. Uh, but they, they didn't because they're probably just thinking it's Samuel and I get excited. So I put exclamation marks on my graphics. But my title on my page is Faith Speaks with an Exclamation Point. Okay. Yeah, because it's intentional to me that there's a boldness and there's a passion and there's, there's a faith with expectation. Hebrews 11.6, it says this, without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards. He's a rewarder. Uh, first of all, I, I just like to take a note. And anytime I read this verse, I love this. And I just think it's something important to reflect on for a second. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, if of course, that obviously sets up faith as a pretty big deal. But I just think that concept of pleasing God matters to me. It matters to me. And I think to myself, I, I don't know about you, but I want to please God with my life. I want to please God with my life. I don't want to just kind of do Christianity as a religious formality. I'm actually trying to live a life in response to the grace of God, in response to the goodness of God. I want my life to please God. I want how I do business. I want how I do marriage, how I do parenting, how I live life, how I have friendships and relationships, how I do fun. Every part of my life, I want it to please God. I want to live that way. I want to operate that way. I, 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 don't, I don't try to follow Jesus or, or try to please God out of obligation, but it's more of this response of love. And, and I think it's important to know, I'm not talking about trying to make God love me. That's not what I'm talking about, right? I, I want to please God with my life, but it's not like I'm trying to make him love me. That's not what I'm talking about because because of Jesus, we're loved, we're saved, we're healed, we're forgiven, right? But in response to that grace, I want to live my life. It's kind of the old iconic uh, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? That, that's, that's, it can be funny and cheesy and now it's retro and people wear it again. But, but it's, it's a, it's a never-ending, powerful question to keep asking ourselves. Now, how do I live in a way that would do what Jesus did, think how he thought, act like he did, and let my life please God? I'll tell you what, your life transforms when you shift from pleasing yourself to asking, how can I please God? How do I please God? How, how do I live that way? How do I posture my life in a way that says, God, I want to please you. I, I want the thoughts of my, of my, my mind, the, the meditations of my heart. I want it to be acceptable to you. If, if you haven't been living with that intention, I want to encourage you. Make today the day where you start going, you know what? I, I'm going to wake up every day saying, God, today, let me please you with my life. Let me please you. you. You've given me everything. You've forgiven all my sin. You, you've taken away the guilt and the, the debt of sin in my life. And so today, I'm going to live to please you. That's, that's the way I want to live. So faith being a, an important part of that, let me just break this, this part down a little bit. It says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's, that seems pretty basic, seems pretty important. But we got, we got to first come to God positioning ourselves in the right format with God. If I'm going to come to God with expectation, I have to see God as who he really is, that he is the maker of the heavens and the earth, that he is the king of kings, that he is the Lord of lords. And that means that ultimately what he says goes in my life. 
A lot of times we just think of Christianity as a, as a get out of jail free card to get to heaven, but don't actually assume that God wants to have leadership in my life every single day. So if I'm going to come to God in expectation first, I come to him knowing who he is and, and, and I submit my life to him in that way. But the second thing of that verse is that it says, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know that God responds to us? That God wants to reward and respond to you. That God is, is a responder. He's, he, he's not just up there mad that you came to him, mad that you asked him for something. He's actually actively, intentionally responding to the faith that you are speaking out in your life. So when you come to God and you pray and you speak faith, you, you speak with expectation, you got to understand that that faith is actually producing something in your life. It's not you, faith isn't just good vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it's got to put out some good vibes out there and it's hoping for good to come back, right? No, no, no. Faith is not good vibes. Faith is not just a good feeling. Faith is a force. Faith is a creative force that God has given you and me to actively transfer from heaven to earth. That when I believe in faith, when I come to God with expectation, come on, God, I'm believing you're going to do something in my business. I believe you're going to do something in my health. I am actively in faith engaging God. And when I do that, I'm actually doing what the Bible says, that when we pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is is in heaven, right? As it is in heaven. When you and me go to God in expectation, we need to understand it already is in heaven. It already is in heaven. Faith is the conduit. Faith is the transferring device that helps me take it from here to there, to transfer it. And so uh, if, if I'm not careful, though, I'll just get into prayer moments as if it's a formality and I don't actually come to God in expectation. What are you expecting God to do? What are you believing for? David says, I bring my request before you in the morning, and then I wait in expectation. I wait in expectation because I actually believe that what I asked God, he's responding to. And, and that's important because God wants, that, that's the kind of faith that pleases God, is that we come to him knowing who he is, but we actually come to him believing he's going to respond. You know, I think sometimes we, we come to God sort of assuming that, he has no interest uh, in us or he's mad that we asked, right? And I think this, this is probably one of those big things I had to work on because it's almost like a religiosity that goes, well, I don't want to expect too much from God. Well, I mean, he already saved my sins. I mean, why would I, you know, I, I feel kind of uh, greedy, right, that I'm asking God for more, that I'm believing for God for more, as if God is pleased with me kind of coming in a begging posture to him. Right, like, yeah, God, it's me again, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I hate doing this again, but here I am praying, you know. I know you got a lot going on, and you've already forgiven my sins. What more could I want? But I just got a little thing, and I apologize in advance. I mean, you don't have to do it, honestly. You know, I, I, I hate even asking, but I'm just chucking it out, and it, yeah, don't hit me. I just, if... Imagine if our kids came to us like that. But we kind of treat God like that, as if he's mad that we are asking him for stuff. As if we're greedy for expecting a response from our prayers. But if my kids came up to me and were like crawling on their knees, begging me for cereal in the morning, 
I mean, it'd be funny, but uh, <laughs> not that I make them do that. Um, <laughs> just, it was just once. Yeah, it was just once. I'd be like, get, get off the ground. What are you doing? Like, do I want them to come to me with uh, respect? Do I want them just grabbing and yanking and demanding? No. But I want there to be a respect and an honor exchange here of, uh, of whatnot. But I don't want them groveling, hoping that today that I'd feed them again today. I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it's insanity, but we treat God like that. As if it's wrong for us to come to God with expectation. But remember that faith that pleases God expects a response when we pray. Don't go to God without expecting a response. Don't do it. I've been guilty all the time of just coming, going through my daily time in prayer or my daily reading. Great, done, check, move on. And I bet God's just going, so nothing? You don't, you're not, you don't want anything? Not expecting anything? Not putting any demand on me at all? I, I, I'm literally the star breather, and you ask me for nothing and expecting nothing. Come on, let's go to God. Faith speaks with expectation. Amen? Come on. Uh, we're going to get four people to stand in a second. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> um, the second one is that faith speaks from authority. From authority. We've been given the name. We've been given his name. John 14, 12 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these. Wow. Okay. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Wow, it's Jesus. That's the word of God right to us. Ask in his name, in his name. So when Jesus is trying to to teach here and he's in some of his final seasons before he's going to go. He's trying to help the believers, trying to help the disciples understand something. Listen, I, am, I have been given all authority. And so now I am transferring. I, I'm, I'm delegating this opportunity now to you here on earth. And when you go to God and you use my name, then you have this direct access. You have authority that comes from the name that you carry, and I want you to use it. Uh, you know, in, in old times, right, you know, the king had the signet ring. And the Bible gives a lot of references to that, right? And so whenever the king was sending out a decree or sending out a letter, they'd melt that wax and he'd put his ring. And so they knew when they saw that seal, when they saw that ring imprint, that that was a statement that, okay, whatever this letter says is from the king. So we will act in accordance. Didn't matter who the messenger was. Didn't matter who was the one bringing the letter. It mattered whose ring signature was on that letter. And so that gave it the authority. The words in that paper would have been nothing without the ring's imprint on, on the paper. It would just been, well, I don't know who made up this. I don't know who said this, but we're not doing that. Oh, wait, wait, saying the seal of the king is on it. The seal of the king is on it. So now we're going to respond to it differently. And when Jesus says, I'm going, and I've given you my name, and I'm, I'm giving you authority, he's asking us to use the name. Use the name of Jesus. 
Pray, that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why we cast out devils in the name of Jesus. That's why we cast out sickness in the name of Jesus. That's why we declare freedom and healing and wholeness, what? In the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, everything bows. Everything is subject to that name. You know, one, one time, just a uh, uh, church I was at in the Northwest, I was, Katie and I were on the staff up there on a team. There was just some project that I was working on, coordinating something. This was years back. And I wasn't kind of getting somewhere with, with the, the project. And then I, so then I talked to my pastor later on. He's like, uh, he's like, well, did you tell them that you're with me? I said, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't want to do that, you know, name-dropping thing because I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to abuse that. And he goes, listen, basically, I've worked hard for that name. <laughs> Use the name. Use the name. Why, why would you have my authority and try to take ground without using it? What, what are you doing? Use my name. It'll give you direct access to connect with who you need to connect with. Just, I'm always reminded of that. What, what are we trying to battle and, and trying to use our own name, trying to come in our own strength, trying to take ground in just our own ability? And Jesus saying, listen, I gave you the name. Come on, somebody use the name. Somebody use the name. I died on the cross. I paid for it all, and I've given you the name, so use it. Jesus, help us to use your name. Help us to stay in that faith. Help us to walk in that. All right, number three, faith speaks in advance. It speaks with expectation. It speaks from authority. It speaks in advance. It speaks in advance. You know, th this is where our words need to come into alignment with what God has said. You know, there's a, a, a store that I love in Numbers where Joshua and Caleb are coming into the promised land, but it's before that, so they're spying out the land. And I, uh, I preach this a lot, but I just want to reference it again. Numbers 13, 1 says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to you. Right? So this is done. This is the word of God. He said, I'm giving you the land. I'm taking you into it. But then here, uh, in, later on in that story, Joshua and Caleb and 10 other spies go to check out the land. They come back and they're giving a report to Moses. If you remember the story, they, they're coming back to give the report. It says this, they came back to Moses, this is verse 26 of chapter 13, to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is some of its fruit. And then the report goes sideways, verse 28. But the people who live there, they're powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. But Caleb, the Bible says, has a different spirit on him. It actually says that because of this different spirit that Caleb actually ultimately stepped into the promised land. But this is what comes out of Caleb's spirit. This is a spirit of faith that's on him. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up 
and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Woo! That switches things up a little bit. I mean, there's this real negative, you know, Debbie down or downward spiral kind of report going on. Caleb arrests the situation, and he says, I'm going to speak some faith in this situation. And Caleb goes, you know, Caleb, they hadn't won the victory yet. The battle had not yet been fought yet. The, the walls of Jericho had not yet collapsed. We all have the hindsight of knowing how this story turns out. So we're all like, oh, man, I can't believe those ten spies. No faith. You know what I mean? I can't believe it. it was like, well, come on. If you're in this situation, you're having to fight the same battle. These guys are trying to figure out, man, God said, I'm giving you the land. But what I see is a land that we are unable to take, a land that's bigger than us, a, a situation that's beyond us. But here Caleb says, I'm going to speak faith in advance. So a lot of us will want to wait till the victory happens before we start talking about it, right? But somebody's got to declare something. Somebody's got to speak in faith in advance and bring a word of faith that says, come on, I I'm going to come into alignment with what God has said. I'm going to come into agreement with it. And release a word of faith in advance. Don't wait. You know, some of y'all are competitive. Anyone real competitive out there? You know, some of you, if you're competitive but you're committed to a sports team, you cheer from regardless. But how many know that some of y'all in that competitive moment, you're sort of weighing out who's going to win before you start cheering for them? You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're the kind of person who doesn't compete unless you know you're going to win. You know what I mean? And there may be a couple of those situations. So competitive people like that, right? They're like, they're like, oh, I don't really want to play until they see, like, odds look like they're in their favor. I'm in. Let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you're ready to compete. Yeah, Michael's like, that's just, that's just common sense, okay? <laughs> that's fine to do in sports and competitions in life, but when it comes to operating in faith, we need to get our words in alignment with what God has said. Because God said, I'm giving this land to them. Ten of the 12 went rogue on what God has said. Two of them said, listen, I, I'm going to come into alignment with what God has said. And in advance, I am going to speak healing. I'm going to declare agreement to what God has said in advance. Faith always speaks in advance. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till it's you, you're going to. You, the probability of victory is high. Start prophesying now. Because here's, here's the reality. The probability of victory is actually as high as it's ever going to be. <laughs> because if God has said it, it will happen. Right? But in the natural, it feels like we're waiting for a natural probability of victory. Like we're looking to Vegas to tell us the odds or something like that. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're waiting on... Okay, people got judgmental there for a second. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. I just heard somebody say that one time, and I was like, I'm going to check it out. It seems like it works in this situation. But <laughs> faith, um, faith comes in advance, and, but we, our, our probability of victory is not based on the natural. So that's what we have to make sure we take our eyes off of the natural. Because in the natural, the Israelites should not have been able to do what they did. But God said they were going to do it. So the reconciling of that is faith, is that in faith, I have to come into agreement with what God has said, and I'm going to release a word of faith in advance and declare victory 
in this situation. I'm, I'm going to declare victory over my situation. You know, um, and, and sometimes we got we got to fight for this when the natural doesn't line up with what God has said or what we are believing for. So our our youngest daughter, she's getting so much healthier now, and it's amazing to see. But she had just massive reactions and you know gut issues, you know, when she was young, and so she would just break out insanely. And um, and so we're just going, man. We obviously hate to see her your baby girl like suffering and going through something like that. And so we tried all kinds of different stuff and we're praying and believing and, and, uh, and then we, you know, had some different prophetic words about her healing and her complete healing. And so as we're walking out this healing, one of the things we're really intentional to make sure is that I keep saying to her and getting her to, to talk like this. And maybe right now I can't have eggs, but when, uh, but I'm going to be able to eat this. And when I'm able to eat this, this is what I'm going to do. And just because I don't want to ever just resign to the natural. I, I don't know why she hasn't fully healed from it yet. In some ways, it makes me eat better food, actually. <laughs> you know, less cakes and such. Um, I don't know why she's not uh, fully healed from it yet, but I'm not going to just go, well, gave it a shot, you know, and... and uh, you know, start speaking in alignment with my circumstances versus breathing life and and in advance, in advance, in advance. So God, that's that's a part of the exchange of faith with God, is that He gives you a word, and then you and me have to partner and echo that word on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Here's the last thing. I'll have the band come up and and join me here. So first. Faith speaks with expectation. Faith speaks from authority. Faith speaks in advance. And faith speaks until victory comes. Faith speaks until, until. Come on. This is one of those don't give up kind of points. You know, I love when, when the Bible gets real specific about what it's about to say, because sometimes it'll maybe check out a parable or a concept, and you're like, all right, God, give me the interpretation. You know, like, what exactly are we, you know, you really got to kind of dig in. This is one of those, like, super clear, obvious ones where they actually tell you what he's about to tell you before he tells you. Luke 18, verse 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And then he goes into the story. So the beauty is that's a cheat sheet notes. You don't even hardly, hardly have to read the story. Here's the deal. Always pray, don't give up. Okay? Always pray, don't give up. And it goes through this awesome story about this girl who's just relentlessly going after justice in a situation and just begging and pleading and won't stop and won't give up. And finally, the ruler grants justice. Finally, the ruler replies and, and meets her in the moment, meets her in this situation. And then God's basically saying, listen, if, if, if she's going to get justice, how much more will I bring an answer? How much more will I do what you've asked me to do? But here in the end of the story in verse 8, um, it says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? See, God wants to grant justice. God wants to grant healing. God wants to grant the, the desires of your heart, the thing that he's spoken to you about, the, the prophetic word that you got. He wants, to, he wants to see that fulfilled, but he's wondering, is there going to be some faith on the earth that I can respond to? Uh, is, is, am I living a moment of faith or a life of faith? 
right? Am, am I going to just kind of pray bold one time and get hyped during, during a book of miracles prayer, but then all week long it's just like, oh, I don't know if it's ever going to come. You know, I, I don't know. Man, I gave it a good day. I gave it a good, strong week. I, I prayed hard for a month. I, I was really believing, but I kind of gave it the old 30-day window, and, and nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. But, but I want to encourage you, faith speaks until victory comes. Until victory comes. Don't give up. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Team? <laughs> no, it's <was> good. <laughs> I know y'all could, but we stay focused. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep trusting God. Keep bringing that word of faith. Keep prophesying. Keep declaring what God has said in advance until victory comes. Until victory comes. And this is, this is the part where, you know, you got to keep fighting for faith. Right? you got to keep gutting it out. Because sometimes this is, this is where discouragement comes and where the delays stack up and we're just going, come on, God, I, I thought you said this and I thought I heard this. And, man, you know, such and such person got their miracle and so-and-so got their breakthrough. And, and what about me? And what about my situation? But in Luke 18, verse 1, it says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. Don't give up. What, what have I given up on? What have I given up on? What did God say to me that I've stopped believing? What, what, have, what have you given up on? Who have you given up on maybe? What situation are you facing that you just thought, man, this is over. It's a lost cause. They're never coming back. They're never going to get things together. Now, who knows what God might even do in this recovery program that we're about to start. Maybe for your loved ones, but you know what? This recovery program is, is the answer to a collection of prayers. But you never know. There could be some praying mama or dad somewhere in the world that their kid is going to come to this recovery program. It may be us in this room, but it could be somewhere... Who knows where? And they're on their knees just going, God, would you do something? Would you do something? And here we are responding... In Jesus' name, in faith, we're going to see people's lives radically transformed. I am so thrilled that we're starting this recovery program. It will become one of the most impactful things we do as a church, hands down. Hands down, it'll, it'll, just, it'll shift things. It'll transform our city uh, because people are broken, they're hurting, they're in bondage, and they want to get free, and they see somebody to help them out. And we're going to do that. It's, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be unbelievable. Can't wait for it. Um, but one of the ways that we fight until victory comes is with the prophetic, right? Because a lot of times we, we just don't understand the power of the word of faith that has come to us. Uh, maybe, the, maybe it's in a connect group, someone prophesied. Maybe it was during one of men or women's prayer that you got a word from God. Maybe it was during church type of a situation and, or a conference, and a word came to you. Uh, a prophetic word came to your life. And I just want to encourage you, do not dismiss those quickly. Do not just go, well, that, that was cool, that was nice. No, 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 you got to hold on. Because those words are life to you. Those words are life. 
the apostle Peter talks about how we, we fight, we wage war, we, we fight the good fight with the prophetic words that have been given to us. Now, I'll tell you what, over, over my entire life, but especially even over these last five years of stepping out like my wife and I did, moving from the Northwest, coming down and basing life and ministry and everything that God is doing right here in this city, uh, there was so much stepping out in faith and there was so much craziness involved with that. But a lot of what allowed us to keep fighting through was to keep going back to what did God say? And what has God said? And I'm going to grab onto that and not lose hope, not lose sight of it. I'm going to keep prophesying it until victory comes. I'm going to keep declaring it until victory comes. So what do you need to prophesy over? What have you given up on? What do you need to keep declaring something about? Well, what's that word of faith that you need to release into your situation? We need to prophesy. I believe that this morning we need to prophesy over some areas of our life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 